Hey everybody, it's your boy Corey Ryan Forrester. Uh, if you got the chat on uh, your Substack app, which I highly recommend that everybody gets the Substack app, not only does, and I'm not being paid to say this, not only does it make, you know, reading Substack easier, uh, but also there's a chat feature where we can all communicate, say what's up to each other. Um, I can start threads, you can start threads, uh, and it's cool because I have uh, gotten out of the habit of responding to a lot of stuff on social media just because, I mean, y'all know, it's just a cesspool. Uh, so if you comment something on there, I may not see it, but I always check the chat and I try my best to respond to everybody uh, and I enjoy it. It's not, I don't consider it a taxing affair like I do <laughs> responding on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. So it's really cool. The chat feature is, is super cool. But if you are in the chat, you saw earlier that I posted that the Sunday sermon with Pastor Petey will be a bit delayed. And that is true. Uh, I mentioned that it was because of some family stuff. It is. Some of it is good family stuff. And some of it, not so good family stuff. Uh, don't worry. Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, it's just one of those things. And a man, and I'm not going to get into, you know, exactly what happened, but I will say this, as I've said a million times, it seems in the past year, hug the ones that you love and make up with everybody that you're, you know, rowing with right now. Um, yeah, that's all I'll say. Um, there's some rough stuff, but you know, on a positive note, the good thing is tonight I get to go on a train ride with my son and my niece, like a Christmas train ride in Chattanooga. This was sprung on me at the last minute by my family. They're like, hey, we just got tickets. We're doing this. And uh, I'm super pumped to do it, but it's going to delay uh, Pastor Petey. But in the interim, I did have a moment here to chat uh, while I was getting a couple steps in to hopefully get my gut in a somewhat... Uh, more maintained status for Zanies next week uh, in Nashville because boy I tell you what I have been eating like an SOB you know when you you're like doing good for a long time and then like you get sick and we all know that calories do not count when you're sick so you just kind of start going in and then the next thing you know you're not sick anymore and you're like oh shit I'm still eating like I'm sick. Yep, happened to me. <laughs> but anyways, I just wanted to come chat for a second and uh, and pay tribute to Frank Wycheck. I know a lot of y'all don't know who Frank Wycheck is because I don't know if the majority of people on here are football fans. And I think even if you are a football fan, you might not have known who Frank Wycheck was. He was more of a uh, a Tennessee Titans legend than he was a national legend. Uh, but he passed away today, and I, I just found out that he lived in Chattanooga right up the road. Had no idea. He passed away today at the age of 52, way too young, um, I believe, you know, from some of the reports, CTE was involved. Uh, it's it's not getting any better, y'all. So, I don't know. God bless. That is a, that's a rough one because I love football. It's, I, have, it, it's so, I love football so much. And I want my son to love watching football with me, but I've got to toe the line because I kind of don't want him to play football because I don't want him to have unnecessary head injuries. So hopefully my child will be a huge football fan but decide that he doesn't want to play. Or maybe he just won't be any good at it and he's like, eh, I'd just rather be a fan. But anyways, I am a huge fan and I was a huge, Frank Wycheck uh, means a lot to me and my friends of a certain age. A lot of y'all don't know. 
uh, but he was a part of what is referred to as the Music City Miracle. So for those of you who don't know what the Music City Miracle is, let me fill you in. On January 8th, 2000, so I was, I had just turned, no, 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 I was 12 years old, right? So this was during the AFC wild card playoff. It was a playoff game between my beloved Titans and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they were at home, what used to be called Adelphia Coliseum. Frankly, that's still what uh, I refer to the new Titan Stadium is. That's Adelphia Coliseum to me. I don't care what anybody says. So the Bills had just taken a uh, one-point lead. It was 16-15. So, you know, a real barn burner. Uh, they kicked the field goal, and there were 16 seconds left. So, basically, for those of you unversed in football, there's 16 seconds left. Um I don't know how many timeouts the Titans had, but probably not a lot because they probably burned a lot on the, drive, the, the, the preceding drive where the Bills kicked the field goal, right? So they've got 16 seconds left, which means, like, okay, we have to field this kickoff, get down really quick, and maybe Steve McNair, also rest in peace, who was our quarterback, can pull off some sort of miracle 10-second drive. But that's not feasible, especially if you don't have a lot of timeouts left. So your only other option is to hopefully run the kickoff back, which is a very rare in sports, especially to win the game because the special teams on the other side is being extra vigilant. You know what I mean? So on the kickoff return, Frank Wycheck gets the ball. And is running back. I think I believe because it was a squib kick. Like Frank Wycheck was not a field or a, a, a kickoff returner because he was a big tight end. So he would have been up on the uh, on the field. He would have been forward. He'd been a blocker. And I guess they squibbed it from my memory. Frank Wycheck gets it. He's about to get tackled, and across his body, he threw a let not a pitch, y'all. Not like pitching it to a teammate. A Across his body, lateral pass, which has been disputed. Some people say it was a forward pass. It wasn't. It was absolutely a lateral pass. Throws it to Kevin Dyson, who runs 75 yards as time is running out to win the game. Right? Now, a lot of y'all know that this ended up leading the Titans to the Super Bowl, where we would lose to the Rams. And I had a hatred of the Rams uh, really up until I guess they moved to Los Angeles and Matthew Stafford became their quarterback. I sort of gave it up then because I'm such a Georgia homer that anytime someone has a Georgia quarterback, I'm going to not hate them. You know, actually, I, I rooted for the Rams when they won the Super Bowl. I won a decent amount of money gambling. But for a long time, I hated the Rams because they defeated us in the Super Bowl. But why is that play... Why did that play change my life? Well, it changed my life for several reasons. Number one, it got my team to the Super Bowl, which was awesome, right? It was amazing. And mind you, I had only just started being a Tennessee Titans fan. I may have told this story before, but I don't know if I have. I was actually always, when I was a kid, I was a Packers fan, Um just because I don't know why I never really cared for the Falcons, even though they're only two hours away from me. And uh, the Titans weren't a team when I was a kid. Like, they were still in Houston. They were the Oilers, right? So I was always a Packers fan, but I'd also root for the Dolphins because 
my dad was a huge Dan Marino fan, so there was Dolphin shit all around our house. And I still low-key root for the Dolphins whenever it doesn't affect the Titans because, good Lord, I'm about to say rest in peace again. My buddy Danny Pye uh, was a huge Dolphins fan, and before he passed away, he bought my son, who had not been born yet, a ton of Dolphins gear. And so, in Danny's honor, me and Bain are, the Dolphins are kind of our second team now. Not the point. I started being a Titans fan because while I was in fifth grade, this girl came to our church, this new girl, the absolute most gorgeous girl I had ever seen in my entire life. Not only the most gorgeous girl I'd ever seen in my entire life, we'd never seen anything like her because she was one of them girls who in fifth grade, she looked like she was in high school. We're talking about a woman here and we were all confused, but I knew, I was like, I have to make her my girlfriend. I just have to do it. And me and her were talking one day after church, and I'm trying to, whatever it was that I did to flirt back then in fifth grade, I don't know. She said something about, do you like football? And I was like, oh, yeah, I love football. And before I could say, yeah, I'm a Packers fan, she goes, yeah, we're Titans fans. You know that new team that's in Nashville now? My dad has season tickets. And without missing a beat, I go, oh, yeah, me too. I'm a huge Titans fan. I'm a huge Titans fan. Just lying my ass off just so I could hopefully get a date, you know, with this girl, which I'm in fifth grade. A date means our parents are going to drive us to the movies, right? So anyways, I... uh, I go home and I tell my dad, I'm like, Dad, I don't know what I've done. I've told this girl that I'm a Titans fan. I'm going to have to learn everything I can about the Titans. I'm now a Titans fan. They just started the season. And um, my dad said, don't worry about it. I got you. So dad fills me in on the expansion, you know, when they moved from the Oilers to the Titans. And then dad drove me to the sporting goods store and bought me a Steve McNair jersey. I had got a Titans jersey because he goes, son, if you're going to do this, you know, you got to go all in. (laughs) And dad was totally fine with me switching my allegiance, you know, from the Dolphins slash Packers to the Titans. He gets me a jersey. I ended up wearing it one night to Tuesday night activities at the church. She loved it. We did end up being like quasi boyfriend and girlfriend for just a little bit. You know how it goes in fifth grade. And I just stayed being a Titans fan. I've never not been a Titans fan because of that. All over, you know, fifth grade puppy love. So that's one way in which the Music City Miracle and Frank Wycheck were very important to me. They took something that I really just started liking and cemented forever my fandom. There's no way I'm leaving them after this. However, the main lesson that I learned from Frank Wycheck and the Music City Miracle was this. Never give up, even when the chips are down. And am I talking about learning that from the play itself? No, I'm not, even though certainly that applies. You know, the Titans never gave up. They were like, hey, we're going to pull off a miracle, a Music City miracle. But no, what I learned personally about not ever giving up and always seeing something through to the end is because I didn't see the Music City miracle happen because me and my friend Matt Colbreth, I love you, Matt. Thankfully, I'm not saying rest in peace after that. Me and my buddy Matt Colbreth were watching it in my room up in the attic on my futon. (laughs) I think I had a futon at the time. And when the Bills kicked the field goal, now I'm positive that we didn't have any timeouts left because the Bills kicked the field goal, they go ahead, and I just know there's no way we're going to win. And I was so pissed off 
This is back when I would get really, really emotional during sports. And that lasted until about, uh, I guess when the Georgia Bulldogs won their first national championship. After that, I finally was like, you know what? Nothing matters anymore. I'm, we've, we've won it. I'm no longer going to let young men affect my moods. But when I was a kid, oh my God, you know, I'm fifth grade. Sports are the only thing that matters. So we're down a point. There's no time left. We're going to have to run a kickoff back. That doesn't happen. I left. I went outside and started throwing shit at the tree. It was over. And then I could hear him through the window upstairs outside. I hear Matt screaming. He runs outside. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're not going to believe this. He tells me what happened. I go up and I see the replay. And I was, I'm telling you, I can still feel the sting in my stomach from knowing that while their replay does exist and I can see how cool it is, I missed that moment. I missed what could have been complete, unbridled joy because I lost faith and I gave up and I didn't see something through to the end. And from that day forward, I have never <laughs> turned off a game when my team was losing in the fourth quarter. Now, I'll be honest with you, I've turned off the game when my team was winning in the fourth quarter. If we were winning by a lot, of course I have. <laughs> but after that play, missing that, realizing what a huge mistake I'd made, knowing that for years I wouldn't be able to tell people that I saw it live, and my buddy Matt did, and I should have, but I was a coward. I don't do that shit anymore. And we can apply that to our regular lives. Even when things look rough, when you've got 16 seconds left and no timeouts, by God, throw a lateral pass across the field and see what happens. Run, dice, and run. The Titans are Super Bowl bound. All right, well, I got to get back to working on the sermon and doing my family stuff. Uh, like I said, y'all, hug your loved ones. And uh, man, you know, been thinking about it lately. You know, it seems like I don't know whether bad stuff, like, you know, like I know that the holidays, like the mortality rate is higher because it, so what I've heard was like, if you're someone who's, been on the verge of a heart attack or something all year christmas is so stressful that it'll kick you over the edge right and for some reason even though it should be the happiest time of the year it's the most depressing time of the year whether that be you know because people have trouble with their families whether that be because you're having uh you know money issues and you're not going to be able to you know get your kids a present or what any any number of factors it can be the most depressing time of the year and uh i always think i'm like does bad things really almost exclusively happen at christmas or is it just that when it does happen at christmas you remember it more and that ends up making future christmases suck and i guess it's the latter and um also something i kind of learned today as i was you know talking to a friend about the the loss this week um that you know, again, I'm not going to go into the details or anything, but I, I was like, my God, it seems like every other week my life is getting interrupted by a death or an illness or something. Like, it's always something. And I started, like, feeling bad for myself. 
even though a lot of these situations, it's not like they were my blood relative. They were just very, very close family friends, some of whom I considered brothers and sisters. And I started feeling bad for myself as, as if it had anything to do with me, as if all this was happening just to throw me off of my schedule, you know, just to make me stressed out more the next week because I'm behind on work or whatever. And I was just like, God dang it, man. Like, how in the hell does so much death happen around you? And I sort of realized today that there's actually a positive in there, as crazy as that sounds, because the reason that I experience and the reason so many of us maybe experience loss all the time, the only way to experience loss all the time is by having a lot of friends. You know what I mean? And that sort of, I don't know, uh, sort of, it kind of puts a different perspective on it. Like, instead of feeling sorry for myself, like, God damn, it's like every fucking two weeks I'm going to another funeral. It's like, you know, you only go to funerals of people that you loved and loved you. I damn sure ain't just going to a random funeral of somebody I don't know. You know what I'm saying? So if you go to a lot of funerals, it means that you've, have a lot of friends and a lot of people that love you and you love them and you know there's worse things also i'm getting older and this is just what happens and that sucks <laughs> but anyways on a positive note uh i'll get the sermon to you when i get the sermon to you i am gonna go have fun with my family tonight on the train ride and uh for any of those of you listening who are normally on uh, Rebels Happy Hour, the show that I co-host on ad-free shows every other Sunday. Yes, I will not be there today because the start time, which is 6 o'clock, coincides with when we need to leave to go get on our train. Uh, anyways, yeah, I just wanted to share that Frank Wycheck story. Uh, you know, rest in peace, Frank Wycheck. And um, we got to do something about helmets. <laughs> we really do, man. It's crazy. Love y'all. Talk to you later. Hug your family. Hug your friends. Tell your mom and him I said, hey, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. All that good stuff. Happy truck month.